Hi, mijn naam is Louis Wittnik en ik ben een van de pastors bij deze kerk. Welkom bij deze podcast. Ik wil je ook welkom heten bij onze kerk. Elke keer als je in de buurt bent, namelijk in de regio Amsterdam of Almere, ga dan online en zoek op yourc3.church. En wij hebben mensen die op je wachten om je welkom te heten. Je kan daar de tijden vinden van een van de diensten in deze regio. Ik kijk ernaar uit om je te ontmoeten. Zet je hart open voor, voor God. So open up your heart for God. En laat op je gedachten veranderen. And let's change these minds. What is hope really? This is a brand new series we're launching. When we look at that word hope, we often think of it a bit like wishful thinking. I hope I pass that exam. I hope that shelf I put up in my house doesn't fall off the wall. I hope I get that job. And that's nice, that's, that's a nice way to look at hope. But if that is all that hope is, then Christianity would just simply be about tomorrow being better than today. But what if it isn't? Is there a hope that's way more significant? Yes, there is. Is there a hope that is eternal? Yes, there is. And that is exactly what we're looking at in this series. Well, church, it's been so good to be with you today in all three locations, to South Oost, to West, and to Almira. Great joy to be speaking to every one of you. In fact, it's a bit of a picture of our future. You know, we've entered a new decade and one of our great visions for this decade is to see 10 services around our region. Probably 10 services will mean we'll have five, six locations around the area. The reason for that is because every time we multiply, we see an exponential growth. We see ourselves reaching more people. And so it's our desire in bringing hope on every street to be able to be present in every community. And so the future is strong. So good to be talking to all of you. Hey, also a big shout out to Jerry Vanderklei and also Rachel Fasua. Both are going off to study. Uh, Jerry to England for a year and Rachel off to Gronia. Uh, for three or four years and we've made sure we've tied their ankles to a piece of elastic so that they come back and we will continue to be investing in our relationship with them. But uh, we thank you deeply for everything you've done for our Southeast location specifically. You guys are our champions. We love you deeply and uh, totally believe in God's very best for your future. Okay, we're in a series right now called So What Is Hope Really? And uh, today I'm talking to you about an eternal hope. So turn to your Bibles in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. And I want you to grab your Bible, uh, whether it's on a device or a a paper Bible, because we're going to do a bit of a Bible study today, because I want us to go a little deep in terms of our understanding of hope and contrasting it with the usual interpretation of what hope is. Colossians 1.3 says this, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven 
and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. Let me say those words again. Spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. I want to hear everybody in every location say hope. All right. Amazing. I don't know if you like history. Uh, I used to love history at school. And let me give you a little bit of a history lesson on the context of these verses. At this time, Paul is talking to the church in Colossae when there was a change of leadership in the Roman Empire. The people of the empire were ready with getting rid of the old uh, regime. They were wanting to disband that and they were looking forward with hope and anticipation of new leadership and what that might bring. They were hoping it would bring the sort of change that they wanted to see. So they, they had this new emperor come into role who he was a charismatic leader. He was a great communicator. And so they were quite excited about the prospects of the future of the Roman Empire. Now this emperor was called Nero, and if you know your history a little bit, you'll know that Emperor Nero was far from a positive uh, emperor in the end. He ended up murdering his own mother, murdering his first wife, murdering uh, a whole load of Christians, and, and the rumor has gone round that he set fire to the city of Rome for his own benefit. And so Paul begins to contrast the hopes of this world, the wishes we have that tomorrow would be better than today, the, the wishes we might have of a new car, a new job, or in my case, you know, that thought of putting up a new, a new shelf in, in the house and wishing or hoping it would not fall down, or maybe you got throwing a dinner party and you're hoping the new recipe you try out is really going to work as you hope it would work. We have hopes and dreams and, and wishes and desires. And Paul tries to put all this in context, basically saying that whatever worldly system there is, and I've got to be honest with you, we live in a, an incredible country, and although there's a lot of system improvements that need to take place, by and large, we're better off than some other countries. And, you know, if you get sick, the system looks after you. If you lose your job, the system often will look after you. And it's, it's a pretty good place to be, and I thank God for this nation. But it doesn't matter how good a system is. It doesn't matter how positive an environment you're raised in. It, 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 those things ultimately, Paul is trying to say, pale into insignificance compared to the hope in Christ. And it's this contrast I want us to grab hold of because if we've got a vision to see hope on every street, if we begin to think that hope is simply wishing for a better tomorrow, hoping our dreams come to pass, then the only thing we've got to bring to people in our street is positivity. Oh, they're that positive person on the street. They're that person who makes me feel better. They're that person who keeps wishing me a better tomorrow, who tells me it'll all be okay. And that's not what we're called to bring. We're called to bring an eternal hope. And so as I expand this, I want your spirit to get around the significance of what Christ has called us to bring to our streets and our communities and our city because it is way more significant and also way more anticipating and exciting. Paul begins to paint a picture of Jesus as the ultimate emperor. He says, your emperor is stamped, his image is stamped on a coin 
our emperor, our leader, our king Jesus bears the image of the invisible God. He is the ruler and supreme above all other rulers. He is the emperor of all emperors. Is basically what Paul goes on to say in Colossians. And so here we have the contrast of two potential hopes. The dictionary definition of hope describes it like this. It's a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. For example, he looked through his belongings in the hope of finding something he had lost. In other words, hope in our normal definition is is an emotion of something that is uncertain. It's an emotion of something that is uncertain. But in verse 5 it says here, hope, our hope is stored up for you in heaven. Therefore our hope, Bible hope, is not an emotion, it's a condition. Let me say that again. Hope is not an emotion, Bible hope is a condition. What's that condition? That condition is eternity. What's that condition? That condition is freedom from a pain-filled body. What's that condition? That condition is freedom from temptation. What's that condition? It's a condition of inheritance of our eternal future. What is that condition? It's a state, a future being where we will be with Christ for eternity. It's a situation. That's eternal hope. Listen to this. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. I want everyone to say living hope. Living hope. Fantastic. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It's a certainty. The world's hope is an emotion of something that isn't certain. Bible hope is a certainty of a future condition, of a future state in which you will live. It's a certainty. Ephesians 1, verse 18. No, Paul is praying that our eyes will be opened to understand how much, uh, to understand and know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every, every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It is a certainty of a future condition that is Bible hope. And when we get that into our spirit... It doesn't matter whether our hopes and wishes of tomorrow turn out or not because we've got a certainty of an eternal hope that will cause us to get through anything. The best comparison I can think of is the comparison of a wedding. You know, when you are engaged to be married, 
you're thinking about that wedding day and there are all sorts of stresses and pressures and considerations but it's not a consideration of will it or will it not happen it's not a question of will it be happy or not a happy day I always tell couples who are getting married don't worry if things don't go quite right it is an absolute certainty the day is going to be a happy day it just is weddings are just happy days the guests who come to weddings are ready to celebrate and be happy they overlook things that don't quite work out it just is a happy day it just will happen it's not a question of will it or will it not happen the same is true there may be some things in life that are uncertain there may be some things we don't quite yet know there may be some revelation of God we're yet to discover but there is one thing that is certain and that is this that there will be a day where you will enter eternity where you will be in a new heaven a new earth a new place where you will be with Christ in a transformed body where your state and condition will no longer suffer from the things of this world where you will know everything that you don't know now about Jesus and your thoughts of him so pure your life so pure it is a place that we now anticipate but then we will experience and so Bible hope is described like this this is the literal translation of the word hope it is a favorable and confident expectation a forward look with assurance referring to the future and the unseen your future eternity is unseen but it is assured it is a certain place it is a living hope this is what Galatians 5 5 says for we through the spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith you can tell I'm a little bit excited you should be too because this is one of the most transforming things that could ever happen to you to think about your eternity in fact the Apostle John says whenever you think about the hope that you have of eternity it purifies you it's something of the presence of God comes upon you as you eagerly anticipate that wonderful day and so I want to give you a few thoughts about what eagerly anticipating that future will do for you right now today I want everyone to shout out living hope absolutely the first thing that it does for us today is it puts joy in us today listen to this Romans 15 verse 13 says may the God of hope fill you with all joy let me say that again when I say hope I want you to shout hope when I say joy I want you to shout joy May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you begin to eagerly anticipate, when you begin to think about that future day where you will be with Christ, where the troubles of this world will no longer exist because there is an eternity for you, joy fills your soul I'm not talking about a happiness you know the things that you may be experiencing today may cause you to be unhappy 
The thing about wishful thinking, the thing about the hopes of this world are that we will inevitably be disappointed with some of those things. What do you do in the midst of disappointment? What you do is you begin to get your sights on something that is certain, a certain living hope, because then you begin to tap into a joy on the inside, and you may not be happy, but you will be joy-filled. There is a difference between the temporary, surface-level experience and emotion of happiness and the deep-seated spiritual concept of a joy inside of you. Joy rises when you think about an eternity. The, the, The next thing that you will experience today when you think about your future eternity, your living hope, is that you have a motivation to work today. Listen to this, Colossians 3, 23, 24, 23 and 24 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Whoever you're working for, whatever company, whatever boss, ultimately, when you know you're working for Jesus, and and you know that by working for Him, there is an inheritance stored up for you, there is a reward, a good and faithful servant reward, where He says to you, well done. You served me faithfully. Well done. You served me loyally. Well done. You lived this life as if you were living it for me. Well done. That is a motivation, above all motivations, to turn up at your work. You may be in a job you're not completely happy with today, or working for a company that you're not feeling comfortable with today, but when you go saying, I will serve the Lord, it puts a fresh motivation in you. Maybe today you're just a little tired. It's been an unusual season. You're probably ready for a holiday if you haven't had one yet and maybe a little weary and yet you're still having to work. One of the greatest motivations that re-energizes us is to think, I'm doing this for Jesus. There's a joy on the inside that gives me strength to keep going. I heard a story just yesterday from a pastor who was walking through an airport and uh, he passed the uh, kiosk, you know, those small kiosks that sell chocolate and cigarettes. And he was passing that and, uh, you know, it's, he, uh, as he was passing, the woman serving in that kiosk was singing to her customers like, Hey, you in the black shirt, have some chocolate. I wish you a great day. And whether her customers uh, ended up buying anything or not, she would sing to them anyway and just bring a bit of joy to that airport uh, foyer. And uh, while she was not working in her dream job or, uh, or even an exciting job at all, there seemed to be this joy about her. So the pastor goes over to her and says, hey, you know, what, why are you singing? What's your motivation? She says, oh, I just want to bring some joy to people as they go on their travels. And he said, I know that, I realize that, but, but what's your deeper motivation? What, what, what really is beneath that? And she said, I think you know what's beneath that. And he says, I think I do, but I want to hear you say it. What is your real motivation? And says, I, I'm a Christian. I, I love Jesus and I have a joy inside of me and I want that joy, that hope to fill everybody else. And that was her motivation. 
You know, it doesn't matter what job you're in, it doesn't matter what situation you're in, it doesn't matter what circumstances of life you're traveling through right now, when you know that you have an eternal destiny, there's a joy. When you decide that you're living this life for Jesus, when you decide that ultimately your motivation to go to work isn't career opportunity, your motivation to go to work isn't simply just pleasing your earthly boss, when you know that you're going to work not just simply to bring in a salary, when you go to work to serve Jesus, you go to work with a motivation on the inside, with an eternal reward guaranteed to you. And ironically, you'll find that your career will prosper all the more because you carry that countenance. And finally, the other thing that happens today when you get your thought on eternal hope for the future is there is a hunger in Christ today when you set your thoughts on an eternity. You know, when you set your thoughts on that wedding day, when you set your thoughts on that, on, on not just your wedding day, but also the marriage after that, when you set your thoughts on the utopia, the eternal joy and bliss we will have, when we get married, and all the married people right there are looking at me like, what planet's he on? <laughs> but when you anticipate the bliss of the few, when you anticipate those moments, what it does is it fuels an increased sense of love and desire for your partner. Now, it causes you to rise with a fresh love. Now. And that's exactly what happens with your faith in Christ. When you begin to anticipate everything that Jesus has done for us, the inheritance He has in store for us, the grace that He has bought, that we may be able to walk into a condition one day free of this world's uh, restrictions and, and difficulties. When we realize Christ has given that to us, what it does is it fuels a hunger in us today to want to know Him more. When I realize one day I will be free of temptation, it causes me today to want to press into Jesus and go, Jesus, cleanse me, purify me. When I think about a future a painless, it causes me to press into Jesus today, hungry for healing and strength for today. When I, when I think about that reward one day when He says, good and faithful servant, it doesn't cause me to be apathetic or casual about my faith. It causes me to press into Jesus and go, God, oh my Lord, I want more of you. I want you inside of me. Transform me. Empower me today. I want to live for you. Jesus, I am hungry. I am hungry for you today. This is what John 4 says. When Jesus was talking to a woman at the well in Samaria and they were talking about water and, and drinking water, he says this, everyone who drinks of this water in the well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There it is. Eternal life. When you begin to dwell on the eternal life of your future, there is something of a hunger for living water that rises in you. Jesus has put a well of living water that springs up toward. It has everything in it. The characteristics, the qualities of that water are the qualities of heaven. They're the qualities of eternity. Hunger for that. Thirst for that. Church, I want us to be hungry people. I want us to thirst after Jesus today because our mind is set on it in eternity. Even if today's hopes are 
dashed. Even if today's hopes do not come to pass, we have a quality that cannot be disturbed because it is a confidence and a condition called eternal hope. When we bring hope to every street, we're not just bringing a wishful thinking. We're not just bringing a positivity. We're bringing an utter possibility of transformation of human lives where people can go from living their lives on an emotion of wishing it could be better to a certainty of an eternal condition called living hope. Churches, I hand back over to those leading the services in your locations today. My desire for you is that you hunger deeper for Jesus, that you would reach out with a great thought of your eternal uh, life, your eternal salvation. Whereas today you get filled with a hope that is deeper than what the world can offer. A hope that is more, more certain than any emotion you could feel in this life with inside of you. May God bless you. I'm believing today as our service leaders go into prayer for you, you're going to experience a transformation in your soul that wells up with a great sense of joy. God bless you, church. It's been great being with you today. Wow, geweldig. Ja, laten we pas een applaus geven. Let's give them a big hand. Groot glimlach op mijn hoofd en in mijn hart. On their heads and in my heart. Ik mis Pastor Steve, net zoals dat jullie dat allemaal doen natuurlijk. I'm missing Pastor Steve, like like all the rest of you as well. Maar de boodschap waar Pastor Steve over sprak. But this message that Pastor Steve was talking about. Wat is hoop nu echt? What is hope really? Het is niet een emotie. It's not an emotion. Voor ons als christen is het veel groter dan dat. For us as Christians, it's, it's way bigger than that. Het is een staat van ons hart. It's the state of our hearts. Dat we weten. That we may know. Dat we weten. That we know. Dat onze plaats daar in de hemel is. That our place is there in heaven. Dat onze toekomst. That our future. Zit geborgen in Jezus Christus. Is 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 secure in Jesus Christ. Dat God een plan met ons leven heeft. That God has a plan for our life. Waar we berusting in kunnen vinden. That we can find rest in. En dat we niet alleen zeggen ik hoop wat dan je hoopt dat er iets gaat gebeuren. En dat de hoop that you speak of is not just something that you think may happen. Maar het is een gesteldheid van ons leven. But it's the state in our life. Hoe anders staan wij in de wereld dan de mensen om ons heen? How different are we uh, in, in how we look at the world and people around us? En hoezeer hebben wij dan ook nodig dat we die boodschap gaan brengen naar onze buren en vrienden en vriendinnen? And how much do we need to bring that message to our neighbors and our friends? Naar onze familieleden. To our families. Weet je, en vandaag als we hier samen zitten. And so today, whilst we're sitting here together. Als jij daar thuis zit. And when you're sitting there at home. En dat jij bedenkt van. Deze boodschap die Pastor Steve heeft gesproken. And, and you may think this message that Pastor Steve has preached. Dan zeg jij misschien van ja, maar deze boodschap die is niet voor mij. You might say, hey, this message is not for me. Want ik, ik ken deze Jezus nog niet. Because I don't know this Jesus. Want ik heb die hoop niet in mijn leven. I don't have that hope in my life. Weet je, die boodschap die spreken we voor jou. And that message we speak it for you. Die boodschap is juist voor jou. That message is specifically for you. Ons gebed dat mensen zoals jezelf die Jezus nog niet kennen. Our prayer that people like you that don't know Christ. Is dat jij gaat kijken vandaag. Is that you see today. En je hebt het gehoord. And that you heard. Het is een open uitnodiging. This is an open invitation. Het is een open uitnodiging om de koning der koningen. This is an open invitation to the, invite the King of Kings. God. God. Jezus Christus. Jesus Christ. In jouw leven. Uh, invite.
bedankt voor het luisteren naar deze podcast. Ik wil graag nog een paar momenten van je tijd nemen. Want misschien realiseer je je vandaag wel dat je je relatie met Jezus in orde moet maken. Misschien heb je hem nooit eerder in je leven uitgenodigd. Of misschien ben je om een bepaalde reden van hem weggegaan. En vandaag wil ik je graag uitnodigen om bij hem terug te komen. Of misschien weet je wel niet zeker of je naar de hemel gaat. Ik zou je nu graag in een gebed willen leiden en dat je dit gebed met mij opzegt. Lieve God, ik dank je voor Jezus. Ik dank u dat u voor mij gestorven bent. Ik vraag u dat u mij vergeeft. Ik neem afstand van mijn verleden en ik geef u mijn leven. Kom in mijn leven. Ik dank u dat ik vandaag gered ben. In Jezus naam. Amen. Als je dit gebed gebeden hebt, heeft de Heilige Geest vandaag iets gedaan in jouw leven. En het zou geweldig zijn als je ons hierover wilt vertellen. Dus stuur onze mail naar info.cdamsterdam.nl Laat ons weten dat je deze beslissing genomen hebt. En laat ook je adres achter. Want we willen graag een boekje sturen dat je zal helpen om deze beslissing te bekrachtigen en om een volger van Jezus te worden. We kunnen je ook helpen om geplant te worden in onze kerk dicht bij jou. God zegen je en tot snel.